We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The offseason is upon us. And wow, did we have a busy first day of the offseason. Exit interviews usually provide a, a decent amount, but there was a lot of other news bits to dive into. We'll talk about a few things. A lot of stuff's already up over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. Make sure you are subscribing there. If you're not already, we're going to keep you up to date on everything going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. And of course, podcast listeners, make sure you are subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love to see those ratings and reviews pumped up so if you wouldn't mind take 20 seconds give us a five-star rating and then write something in the review box in, in there love going through and reading those joining me sean davis sean how are you doing uh we are now as we're recording this uh 24 hours just a little bit more into the lakers offseason officially how are you feeling uh i feel good uh good to be back on and i love this time of year i would have much rather the lakers have still been playing and we get to cover the rest of the conference finals and a potential finals push, but I love draft season. So I'm, I'm excited. So you get excited for the draft. I get excited for all the roster building stuff. I get excited for yeah. um, all the different ways that you can put together a team that you can put the puzzle pieces together. That's, that's my favorite part of the off season. So um, this is going to be a lot of fun digging into, like you said, you're going to get it all the draft stuff. We're going to look at free agents. We're going to look at trades. We're going to look at all the opportunities for the Lakers to put together next season's roster. Obviously, with the the big situation hanging over their heads right now, and that's LeBron James, uh, who did not speak today at exit interviews. Instead, the word from Rob Palenka was that they're going to give LeBron some time, and at the appropriate time, they're going to have that conversation about LeBron's retirement comments. The general sense from... Basically, everybody is that he's not actually retiring. And I, I too, would be shocked for a variety of reasons. I mean, first and foremost, you'd be walking away from over $100 million on his contract. I know he's a billionaire, but $100 million, still a lot of money. Uh, on top of that, I don't know if I could see LeBron walking away without a proper send-off, without a proper retirement tour. And then you've got the whole Bronny issue. He's been talking about wanting to play with his son. It would surprise me if he walked away before getting an opportunity to do that. He also made a comment about being better than 90 or 95% of the NBA right now. That doesn't sound like a guy who feels like he needs to hang them up 
at the moment. Nevertheless, we won't know for sure until there's something official from LeBron. But Sean, how confident do you think we should feel right now that LeBron is going to play for the Lakers next season? I'm like 99% confident that LeBron's okay. going to be a Laker next year for all the reasons you just said. And the one thing you didn't mention is I think that the lay in this again, a fun part of the offseason, especially when your team has a decent future ahead, um, mm-hmm. at least in the short term. Um, the Lakers, if they handle this offseason right and don't overcorrect, you just make some move around the margins. Yeah. They could very easily be a favorite, one of the favorites, or at least in the group or so, five, six teams. They're like, okay, one of these six teams could win a championship. I think the Lakers could be one of those teams as a preseason top six or whatever. So and then you add in the fact that, again, over $100 million, you're one year away from Bronny coming into the league because he's more than likely going to be a one and done down the street at USC. So, yeah, I'm certainly confident. You factor in as well. No chance LeBron goes out without a, a proper farewell tour or anything. So I'm with you for sure. Now, he did mention the foot. Uh, he talked about that after game four, that he's going to have to get an MRI on it. And then they're going to go in and see if that tendon is healed or not. Uh, he got a doc. He eventually saw enough doctors. Uh, one of the doctors said he called him the LeBron James of foot doctors. Uh, said, yeah, you can play on it. And... Now we don't know, like, has that tendon actually healed? And if it hasn't, he's going to have to have surgery on it to fix that. So when you got like the Chris Haynes report saying that, well, LeBron's, you know, he may not start the season with the Lakers and things like that. What does his recovery process look like if he has to have foot surgery? When does he have that surgery? Those could be factors in this too as well. You know, when you look at how grueling the season was, you look at how much energy the Lakers had to expend just to get into the postseason. And then battling the Grizzlies, battling the Warriors, getting through those series, all the drama that was involved with those series. And then you get to the series against the Nuggets. And let's face it, LeBron went all out in game four. There's got to be an emotional letdown. He's got to be feeling a little bit raw, which is the word that's out there right now. He's just kind of feeling worn out. And so Darvin Ham made a joke, actually, at the beginning of exit interviews about how after that game, he wanted to retire too. Um, you give all of that context around the situation. You can kind of see why LeBron, if you ask him in that moment to look ahead to an off season of potentially recovery from surgery, ramping your body all the way back up and getting ready to play another 82 games, the battle through that where he'd be like, no, I'm good. No, I, I got to really think about this right now. Yeah. Especially after 20 years and like Darwin and Rob sent in their, X interviews or X press conferences or whatever. I get it to a certain extent why LeBron would consider and LeBron definitely, I guess, deserves it if anybody does mm-hmm. for all he's done. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he walks away from everything that's on the table. But again, like say he's a billionaire, he already has four championships. I think it's more so the Bronny factor. I think if Bronny wasn't this close, then I'd be a little less confident. I think I can say that, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big factor. That's going to be a big factor for him. But we're going to proceed as though LeBron is still on the team, that, it, that it's going to happen. So when we're looking at roster building and stuff, I'm just going to consider him as part of the roster, and we'll see. Maybe we'll get word in a few days of what exactly uh, LeBron's going to do officially. But uh, nonetheless, one of the things that Rob Palenka talked about at the exit interviews today was that he intends, he said he intends 
to keep the young court together. Now, our old friend Kyle Kuzma took to Twitter to crack a joke, said he's heard that before. Obviously, that was a sentiment that he heard right before the Lakers actually traded the young players to get Anthony Davis. Um, but nonetheless, um, and of course, Kuzma later on got, got traded down the road. Uh, but in another deal that didn't go quite so well, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Voldemort of NBA trades, uh, he who shall not be named. But Jeez. in any event, <laughs> the... The sentiment right now is let's keep this young core together. Let's give them a training camp together, which has been the prevailing thought from a lot of the players. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was talking about it a month ago, two months ago, something like that, about how good this team could be if they got a training camp together. Do you think that the Lakers stick with that? Is that their strategy through the whole offseason, or are we going to hit a point? Because Jovan Buha had the piece mentioning that there have been internal discussions about trading for Trey Young, there's obviously the Kyrie Irving talks. Will the Lakers be able to help themselves be able to resist going after a third star if there is even the slightest possibility of making it happen? Yeah, um, that'd be a nice change of pace if they didn't do that. I think there is, and this is my argument for why I don't think they do anything this offseason from a third star standpoint. I think you make, I think you make a move, but I think you don't exert all your assets now because again who knows who's a disgruntled star at the trade deadline you go make your move mm -hmm. then um and i don't think there's i don't think it's the worst thing in the world that you bring d'angelo russell back you bring your core group of guys lebron nobody's gonna want to hear that but lebron ad Delo, rui austin vando max mm -hmm. and your 17th overall draft pick you want to train it okay i get it but there's no reason why you can't bring at least that top eight back and find to around the, the edges or whatever, and then go from there. And then if you want to trade d you trade him at the deadline. Because um, then when you get to the Kyrie stuff, we spent, I think, 20 minutes off air to saying, yeah, this is why the Kyrie thing doesn't make sense. This is why Trey Young is unlikely. Like We were doing all the cap gymnastics and working out the math and just looking at, I mean, there's no real way that you build out a roster with any kind of depth that has Kyrie, unless it's something unforeseen. Like Kyrie says, hey, I'll play I'll for play. 10 million bucks. Don't pay yeah. me 45. I'll take 10. Nope. Something like that happens. Okay, that changes the math on everything, of course. Yeah. But otherwise, it's just you just wind up with Kyrie, LeBron, AD, maybe Austin, and a bunch of veteran minimums. And that's yeah. it. That's your roster. And like people, as I've tweeted out, or people say on my mentions all the time, well, Sean, Kyrie's a free agent, bud. Yeah, I know Kyrie's a free agent. You're still going to have to ask him to take a, I think we came up to a $10 million pay cut mm -hmm. and still be left with the same scenario of, okay, it's LeBron, AD, Kyrie, Austin, and I think maybe Max, and then better role players. So we just did this two years ago. Well, why are we going back? And I get it. Kyrie's a way better fit than Russell Westbrook. But you have a good team, like le a legitimate good basketball team. You have, you'll have you have a taxpayer this summer. You have your 17th overall draft pick and a second-round pick that your scouting department does wonders with. I don't think there's a need to overcorrect the team that went to the Western Conference Finals. Trevor, am I wrong in that? No, I mean, I think that's that's the way the Lakers should be looking at it. I think when you, I mean, think about just driving a car, you overcorrect, and that's how you get yourself into big, big trouble. Uh, that's what the Lakers did a few years ago with the Russell Westbrook situation. They overcorrected. 
Uh, but I, I think part of it is it's it's just in the Lakers' DNA to chase stars. And so I don't know if they'll be able to help themselves. Now, I yeah. will say this, though. like In terms of the Trey Young thing, and I don't buy that they're going to have the assets to go get Trey Young. Because let, let's talk. like what are, what are the Lakers' tradable assets, really? What do they have? All right, you've got the 17th pick in this draft. You've got some second-round picks. This In this draft, you have 17, you have 47. But you have some second-rounders. Okay. You've got Jared Vanderbilt. As far as players go, that's, I mean, unless you're going to put, unless you want to sign and trade Austin or something, like how much value does D'Angelo Russell have on the trade market right now? How many teams don't have cap space, so they would need to use a sign and trade to get him, want him, want to pay him whatever it's going to cost on his next next contract, and are willing to give up stuff to get him? That's the challenge, right? So even when we talk Trey Young, oh, two first-round picks and a D'Angelo Russell sign and trade. Is that enough? I don't know. I would have to think if the Hawks just said, hey, Trey Young's on the market, somebody would come beat that offer. I would have to imagine. So that's that's the the issue, is when we look, say, third star, what do the Lakers really have to offer to go get a third star right now? It's not a lot. It's not a lot in terms of tradable assets. That said, if you're going to get into this whole mindset of, we're going to use D'Angelo Russell in a sign and trade, it's far preferable to do that, to trade him for a player who's under contract than a player who also has to be signed and traded, a.k.a. Kyrie. Because if you're accepting a player in a sign and trade that is already under contract, well, that doesn't trigger that hard cap and gives you a little bit more flexibility to actually build out the roster. So in that sense, Trey Young would make sense. But again, I I don't see how the Lakers get there yeah. in terms of value. I just don't see it. The Atlanta Hawks put Trey Young on the market. There's another team outbidding the Lakers. The Portland Trailblazers put Damian Lillard is Damian Lillard on the trade market. He there's, will not be available on the market for the Lakers, though. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. There's no, there's way. no way they're going to give him to, to the Lakers. Um, Kyrie, I don't think is an option for the the hard cap situation, and. I think if I'm both Kyrie and I'm Dallas, it makes a ton of sense. And apparently, I mean, you said this on the live show last night, all indicators are Kyrie's going to be back in Dallas. Mm -hmm. It makes sense for both parts. If I'm Dallas and I'm Kyrie, just work it out. You got like, you got the 10th pick. You got some stuff to work with. Figure it out. Yeah, that's the where you can make the most money at two from a financial standpoint. Figure it out. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think any of the star point guards that are in air quotes on the market are really on the market for the Lakers. Oh, that that tenth pick is gone. You think that's so? getting moved? That's getting moved. Oh. If I if I had to pick any, if I had to bet on any pick definitely being traded, it's Dallas trading that tenth pick. There's oh, no wow. way they can roll into next season and tell Luca, hey, here's a rookie we picked up with the tenth pick. Let's go. They're going to use that. They're going to use that to go try to land somebody. It's part of why they tanked so hard and everything at the end of the season to make sure they got that 10 pick. They're going to use that as a trade asset. That pick is going to move. They've okay. got to. It's, it's, They've it's got to. <laughs> Trevor's going to be on our draft stream just going nuts if Dallas doesn't make a trade. <laughs> oh, if, if Dallas actually uses that pick, that will be the biggest surprise of the draft. They're going, they have to trade that pick. They have to. There's no way they can go into training camp with Luca already on edge and, and all that. kind. Of, and look, they, they're getting to an inflection point with him, right? We only have a few years down the road when that could start to become an issue with Luca. What does he want to do long term? 
there's no way they can they can do it. I mean, look, I know the Packers refuse to give Aaron Rodgers a, a wide receiver for years, but that's a different sport. <laughs> they're not going to do that to, to Luca uh, in Dallas. They're gonna they're gonna trade that pick and go try to get somebody. That's gonna be fun, but um, yeah. Either way, I don't think it's happening for any of those three guards. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Now that said, let's say let's say the Lakers, Rob Palenka, everything's on the up and up, and he says he says what he means, and he's gonna stick to it. I am going to keep this young core. Yep. And let's also say we're living in a world where D'Angelo Russell, you come to, Lakers fans want to get rid of him right now, right? Because he didn't play that well and all that. But I, I think we're, as time goes on, that wound will heal. And like you said, you sign him and then worse, even if you don't sign and trade him over the offseason, after December 15th, you could trade him, right? When he becomes trade yeah. eligible on his new deal. So, you sign D'Angelo Russell. Let's say you get him on a reasonable deal. You keep Austin. You have to match a deal or something on that. You keep Rui. Maybe you have to match something. Maybe you just come to terms on an agreement with him. You keep all those core pieces you're talking about. All right? At that point, Sean, what is it that's most important for the Lakers to add for next season? Most important? I think I think there's three things, and I'm, I want you to answer as well because I think yeah. we're going to pick probably two of these three. I think... It's either another big. That's on my I list. Think it's another wing, another mm -hmm. legit three and D wing, not just a one-sided wing, which he had a ton of this year and last year. And then another guard, another guard. Like, yeah. and I get it. Like you on ball point guard type of guard. Um, I, I guess out of those three, I think I lean more towards like another legitimate big man because of mm -hmm. like we discussed on the post game show following game four. Um, I think what this playoffs taught us or showed us was AD's great regardless, but if you throw another big on the floor with AD, then it becomes interesting. And now you let, allow AD to play Tra Draymond role and just be on the worst shooter and destroy the rim. And if you want to put him in a ball screen action, it's cool. He's Anthony Davis, but you're going to naturally try to go away from him. And that's where AD get to be, gets to be the best rim protector in the NBA. And if you want to throw it out to D plus three point shot makers or whatever, go ahead and we'll rely on them to hit those shots. Cause that's also part of the Lakers defensive scheme. Anyway, they're going to give up more open threes to bad shooters than most teams would. Um, so I don't know for me, I think it's probably another big. Yeah. I, I think a big would be important. I do wonder how much of your resources you want to allocate to them. Like, do you want to, do you want to give up? I guess it really comes down to if we're talking about this roster build, would you use your taxpayer mid-level on a big or are you reserving that for a guard or a wing? I think it's probably going to be the latter where they would use the taxpayer mid-level on a guard or a wing and then you go better a minimum on a big. But nonetheless, I think you're right. I think you need another big. I think maybe the Lakers thought Mobamba was going to be that and maybe he still will be. I don't know how they feel about him. If you can get him yeah. on a veteran minimum next year, maybe you just do that. But I do think they need another big. I think that's pretty clear they need shooting. You know, they thought they added shooting at... Uh, the trade deadline, and then that shooting kind of disappeared. Yeah, I don't know though. Like, how do you how do you look at a shooter and say, "Hey, you're not going to do that weird thing where you put on a Lakers jersey and suddenly your your shooting percentage <laughs> drops by like five to ten percent?" Right? Like, how do we know? How do we? I mean, at this point, I feel like Steph Curry could become a Laker and suddenly he'd be a thirty five percent three point shooter, which somehow would still lead the Lakers in three point <laughs> shooting, probably. <laughs> I mean, D'Lo shot 13% from three in the Western Conference Finals. 
Yeah, Malik Beasley like... became unplayable. Troy Brown shot one for 10 for most of the postseason, and his one make was banked in. He shot 38% from three on the season. What is going on? I think that's that's a big question. How do you add shooting, and how do you know that that shooting is not going to disappear, is not going to ghost you come playoff time? I think what the Lakers have to do when we talk about roster build, I think either if you're going to keep pick 17, I think you decide whether or not that is used on a wing or a big, and then the other one you use your taxpayer to go out and get. So mm. I, I think that's the way to approach it. I think right now there's more of a plethora of wings available at 17. So if you want to go wing at 17 and find that big with your taxpayer, because while guard I think is a sneaky need, if you're bringing back D'Lo, you're bringing back Austin, it's not as much of a need to wear a Ben a minimum guy. guard. Yeah, and you, you can go get a Ben minimum guard and be fine, whereas I don't think you're going to get a quality bet min 3D wing or a quality. No. Maybe you could find an okay bet minimum center, but we're talking about guys that can play legit rotation minutes next to Anthony Davis and LeBron, so that's how I look at it. I think that Troy Brown worked out about as well as you could possibly hope for yeah. a veteran minimum wing, right? If you're a vet, if you're getting a veteran, if you're a wing player and you're only getting a veteran minimum, there's a reason for that. And yeah. Troy Brown was serviceable, played rotation minutes, even started a bit. I know we forget about it because he, you know, was disappeared in the postseason, but he was pretty solid. By the way, since he disappeared in the postseason, could you, I don't know, but could you get him on a veteran minimum deal again next year? I sure would. I would do that in yeah. a heartbeat if I was the Lakers, if that's a possibility. All right, we're going to pause for just one moment. Need to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Shady Rays. I love Shady Rays. This is this is no joke here. This is not for an ad read or anything like that. Shady Rays have been my daily driver sunglasses for years, even before they became a sponsor. I literally have five pairs of Shady Rays because I've bought so many different styles. Um, they're absolutely phenomenal so our friends at shady rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades customizable snow goggles and much more they're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures and that's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair, even one on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. I can confirm this. I had my sunglasses sitting on the seat in my car. I sat on them. I broke them. I contacted them, got a replacement pair sent to me. This was a year and a half ago that, that this happened. And, I, and they sent me the replacement sunglasses phenomenal phenomenal stuff from them i don't see that from sunglasses companies uh with shady rays you can look good and feel good to date they've donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with feeding america if you don't love them exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days no risk when you shop with shady rays they have your back and exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving you their best deal of the new year go to shadyrays.com and use the code lakers nation for 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. 
Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. I agree. I think for what he did, that was a really high value contract. I think you look back at last the last summer, you got some decent like Dennis Schroeder and Yvette Min. That's a mm-hmm. bargain. Yeah. Lonnie Walker's contract is officially stamped as a good one because he won you a playoff game. Yep. Troy Brown Jr. for Yvette Min, good value. Thomas Bryant as a Laker, good value as a Denver Nugget. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But you got four legit hits in terms of contract value. Damian Jones wasn't a good one. Uh, JTA just didn't pan out for the Lakers. But um, I think that's it. So you went four for six on free agent hits. I think that's all right. So um, I, I do trust the free uh, the, the front office in terms of getting those little bargains on. And maybe that's where Rob Palenka's ability as an agent chips in. Like, hey, look, mm-hmm. come in. We're going to give you a prove, not even a prove a deal, but come prove your worth or whatever. Take this vet minimum for one year. Look at what uh, Malik Monk did. Look what Dennis did this year, arguably, because I think Dennis is going to get a bigger contract because of how yeah. well he played for the Lakers. Now look at what Lonnie did. Come prove your worth in the Lakers uniform. You're going to be on national TV half the daggone year and then go get paid. Um, so I think give Rob Palink some credit in uh, that regard as well. Yeah, uh, we'll see ultimately which of these guys they can keep. Uh, does Dennis stick around? You have to use a taxpayer mid-level to keep him. All, all sorts of things. And we'll get deep into the weeds of the roster build and and all of that. But just interesting that right now the plan is, hey, let's keep the young guys. Let's keep this young core and let's build upon this. Um, I think that's the right path for the moment. I also think, though, that kind of has to be the answer right now. Right? Like if, if Rob Polinka gets up there in the exit interviews and says, yeah, we want a big three. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to go get a big three. Uh, oh, here. I'm going to bring these 12 players up now to come talk to you guys. Um, but big three. I'm going to do a big three. Uh, probably going to get the roster. That's what we're going to do. All right. Take it away, guys. Every player after him is going to be asked. About- so Rob pretty much said you're not coming back. Um, <laughs> that that would not play very well. Right. So just in just in that's it beyond the fact that you don't want to put that out there heading into free agency or anything, it, saying you want to keep the status quo is the correct PR decision. Um, so that's maybe part of this, too. And that's why we can't say for sure that Rob is being completely forthcoming when he says, yeah, we're going to we you know we want to keep this young core. But I think it does make sense for them to to go ahead and do that. So it's something we'll keep an eye on as we get closer to, of course, the draft, which is coming up June 22nd. It's going to be here before we know it. There's going to be all kinds of trade talks about that. Um, should they trade the pick? This is a much bigger conversation we'll spend plenty <laughs> of time on. But 17th overall pick, do you trade it or do you give it to Jesse Buss and the scouting department and just say, work your magic? You're asking me this question. I think you know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> yes. No, all seriousness, I think if you can get a very high-quality role player, then I think you do trade it. High-quality role player are better. Um, mm-hmm. I think you trade, or at least I think you have the conversation. And there's the 17th pick is, is not like I'm saying no way in hell I'm trading the pick. But I think there is value in actually making a selection because I think this is this is going to be remembered as the Wembenyama draft. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great players. I thought last year's draft was deep. This year might be even deeper 
So I think you can get a legitimate guy at 17 that could be a Christian Brown for you, actually, and play legit playoff rotation minutes. I know Christian Brown is not the best example because we were saying, hey, shoot a kid in that Denver right. series. But in terms of playability in a legit championship rotation, I think you could get that at 17 this year. So I think you uh, field the offers, but I think ultimately I would, Jesse, what do you want here at 17? Or who do you advise here at mm-hmm. 17? And I think you can go from there, but you, you have to be open to any trades. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the, the Lakers, I thought they didn't have enough guys who were playable in the Western Conference Finals. And that, that's an issue. And that's something we'll talk about as well, uh, especially as we get into our fan questions and comments. Let me throw a name at you, though, because it's easy to say a rotation player. But when you actually put a name to it, I think it gets a little You're about to say Alex Caruso, aren't you? Uh-huh. What if you could get Alex Caruso for 17? And you'd have to do some cap mechanics and stuff. I don't know. Maybe you guarantee $8 million of Mobamba's contract and you trade that in order to get, you know, but whatever. However you make it work logistically. If you could swap out 17 and you could walk away with Caruso after seeing Jamal Murray tear up the Lakers and you can get a defensive guard like that. You do that? Yes, I think <laughs> <laughs> that I think, and the reason why I say yes is because I think AC does a lot of things for you that I think you need. Yeah. I think you need like Dennis was fine, but Dennis is not Alex Caruso on defense, and I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, what did Al- what did Alex shoot from three this year? This is bad podcasting. I'm gonna look this up. Um, but he has the Probably chemistry. Well. I would guess like 36%. I feel like that's a fair guess. I think it's lower. Really? What do you over what on, is it? Uh oh, sorry, 36%. 36. It 4. is 36. Okay, he's better than I thought. All right, way to go, <laughs> AC. Way to go. <laughs> I was thinking he was gonna be 33. That was gonna be my guess, was 33. Uh shot less than low volume, right? Yeah, low volume, 2.3 attempts per game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does some things for you top three to four defensive guard of the NBA. And I think this team really like Austin's great. Ruby's great, but this team just missed like a glue guy that Mm -hmm. did everything for you on both ends. Great cutter, decent on the offensive boards, obviously a a physical guard defensively. That's going to take that. We don't have to Can you imagine how much easier that golden state series is defensively from like a, us rack your minds around how do you guard Steph Curry or that Memphis series? How do you guard John Morant? Or like uh-huh. we said, this Denver series, how do you guard uh, Jamal Murray here? Alex Caruso. There you go. Right. Um, good ball screen oh navigator. Like, could you imagine, could you imagine if it's crunch time and you need a stop, right? And you can put Alex Caruso and Jared Vanderbilt on the floor together. With a, with Anthony Davis, that's, great. that's, nasty that's the stuff way. of nightmares. That's where offense goes yeah. to die. Yeah, like you could go a lineup, dude. If if Vano gets a a thirty five percent three on low volume next year, you're cooking. Because dude, oh, Aust- yeah. uh, Alex, Austin, LeBron, Vando, AD, in crutch time, you might not score. So see now now I'm wanting to trade the pick. <laughs> And selfishly, I don't really want them to trade a pick because I want another player to watch at Summer League, Summer League in a, in a yeah. Lakers jersey. But 
but we have yeah, 47 that, still. That's true. They can they can work some magic with that. All right. All obviously, there's a ton of things for us to get into this offseason. In fact, somebody asked me this earlier today. Said so, you know, are there it's it's more on the outside of things. Said, are there a lot of topics for you guys to discuss, you know, for the for the Lakers this summer? And I just said a ton. So many. So I mean especially now LeBron's considering retirement. Right. Retirement. I mean, there's it's it's crazy. You know, people always ask, like, oh, cool, you get your summers off. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it gets it gets crazier during the offseason in terms of what we do, in terms of breaking everything down and, and all of that. Um, if anything, it, it only gets busier. But uh, I love it. Love this time of year. I wish these weren't the circumstances uh, that we got to it. But nonetheless, man, we're going to have a busy next two months here are, are going to be absolutely insane. Going to be insane. We'll have the draft. We'll have free agency. We'll have summer league. Ah, going to be awesome. Going to be awesome. All right, let's get into some fan questions and comments. Uh, we'll just do a few of them. Uh, plenty of time to get through all the leftover ones from uh, game four. I think what we'll do is we'll start next week. We'll get into, and I'll come up with the schedule. We'll get into our regularly scheduled live shows. Yeah. Um, probably start those next week. Well, maybe I'll squeeze one in this week. We'll play it by ear. But in any event, we will have regularly scheduled live shows. Um, we'll do those a few times a week. Uh, so we'll keep doing that, even though it won't be in the form of a post-game show anymore. We'll still have those. And of course, the podcast is still, still going to be coming to you five days a week. Um until we get into the dog days towards the end of July, get into August, we'll shift to probably three days a week. But we're still gonna we're still gonna be here, like we said after Game Four. We're not going anywhere. All right, let's get into some of these. Uh, Fernando said, in hindsight, the deadline pieces were not very playable in the playoffs. The key rotation players were already on the team. It was addition by subtraction. An earlier trade could have gotten the chip. I think the trade deadline guys, when you look at this Denver series specifically, it was tough. But when you look back to like the Memphis series, do you get through the Memphis series without Jared Vanderbilt? Do you get through it without D'Angelo Russell? Right? Mm -hmm. Do you get to this point? And then you want to talk about Rui Hachimura. I count him as a trade deadline guy. He was one of the four guys that I trusted for the Lakers in the Denver series. So I don't look at this as it was only the guys that you already had on the roster that, you, that helped. But at the same time, it was disappointing that D'Lo and Beasley both struggled so much. I mean, Beasley was removed from the rotation. That was that was unfortunate. I wish, and, and then Vanderbilt as well didn't play in the, in the last game. Um, wish that there had been a way for those guys to have a bigger impact in you know the the end of it. But you're not getting there without them. Yeah, and it sucks. And another guy that I think gets brought up is like Mo Bamba. I thought he would have made a ton of sense in either one of those two yeah. series, especially Golden State and uh, Denver, more so because of his offensive capabilities and how that could counter what both of those teams did. I didn't think he made sense against Memphis. But, um, yeah, it, I, I think it's more so just that Denver series where, like you said, D'Lo was really rough and you couldn't play him much, especially post-game one. It wasn't the best series for Vando, and I thought we felt that way coming in, that this wouldn't be a big Vando series. Um, I mean, yeah, it sucks that Beasley didn't shoot the ball well, but you, you're not here without those guys. So you don't make it to this point, especially D'Lo and Vando. You're not here in this position right now because Vando had games, even late in the regular season, Trevor. You remember the, the Dallas game where we made that oh, yeah. uh, immaculate comeback? 
Vanderbilt's defense on Luka was key. Uh, that Phoenix Suns game down the stretch where it was Vando checking Devin Booker the whole game. That's a big game that got the Lakers where they are right now. Or the, the Minnesota games down the stretch. Again, like, like All these players that the Lakers did acquire post, even Malik Beasley had that Warriors game where he mm. just shot the lights out. So um, you're not here without these guys. So um, I agree there. I had someone tweet at me that because Vando didn't play in game four and D'Angelo Russell, you know, self-combusted um, and Beasley was not a part of the rotation. Somebody tweeted at me that the Lakers would have been better off not doing the Russell Westbrook trade. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And, and say that, saying he would have contributed more uh, against Denver. I'm like, if you don't do the Russell Westbrook trade, you're not getting to Denver. You're not getting there. There's no way. Your season's over in March. Yeah. You're not getting there if you don't do the Russell Westbrook trade. But but uh, that's the problem. That's the problem. Now we're going to go into the offseason with so many people thinking D'Lo is just trash. Right? That's all yeah. we're going to hear because that's what people are going to remember because that's the last thing they saw. They're going to say D'Angelo Russell is terrible. Um, Jared Vanderbilt is unplayable. That's all we're going to hear about these guys. And I guess that's where it falls on us to kind of try to push back against that a little bit and say, hey, look, one playoff series is not representative of who that person is as a player for this past season nor into the future. Yeah. Anthony said, trust me, we'll be fine. Shut up, Darvin. Because Darvin made the comment. I think it was after game one. Trust me, we'll be fine. Yeah, you weren't fine. 
you weren't fine. But it's it's it happened. Bagsky, <laughs> why didn't Reeves get the ball on one of the last two shots? Oh man. I look, I would have yeah, I would wouldn't mind seeing Reeves get the ball, but in the moment, like now, hindsight being 2020, we're gonna second guess everything. What's crazy to me, more crazy than why didn't Reeves get the ball? Like I I would have liked to have seen Reeves get an opportunity there, but it's LeBron. Uh, he's obviously had an incredible game in game four. But here's what's ironic to me. It's a little bit funny. Sean, how long have we been begging and pleading for LeBron on a last second shot to not take the step back fadeaway three? He does I it. Thought... He drives. And all I'm seeing is LeBron should have shot the three. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, so many people have been saying, why didn't I, I got asked that on a radio show today? Why didn't LeBron go for the win? Uh, I get it. In context, maybe you would prefer uh, maybe you prefer running something to get Austin a look from three, something like that, right? But we've literally been saying for years, stop settling for the step back three at the end of games, get it to the basket. LeBron got it to the basket. Denver made a great defensive play. Did Jamal Murray foul him? Maybe, but you're probably not calling that in that moment anyway. I'm, I'm not going to be upset about that. Um, and and now it's, well, LeBron should have shot the three. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's I, ironic. He finally drives, and that's when everybody wanted him to shoot the three. And everybody's been so upset when he takes that three. Um, for years now. For years, that's been a thing. Yeah. I... On the playback stream, I was saying go for the win mm -hmm. because I, I personally didn't think you were going to have it in overtime. No. Now, you go for the win, you make it. You probably don't have it in game five, but we're just trying to get there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like that LeBron drove it. And, yeah, I mean, it's LeBron. He had 40 points. I think that if LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands after having such a – great performance i'm not gonna bicker it i do get why uh some people might want austin to have the ball because austin was freaking great throughout the playoffs mm -hmm. i think he averaged 17 in the playoffs and 22 in that denver series um yeah austin's great ngm said my takeaway from this loss is that if the lakers had just built a team like they did during the trade deadline we might be talking about the lakers winning two or three chips yeah had they never done the russell westbrook trade have they just continued Gosh. to build it keep kcp right who lit them up Keep uh, Kuz. Keep Yeah. That's and that's fair. I, I mean, at least they corrected and they, you know, they built out a roster that's a little bit more similar to to that. But yeah, they over we talked about it earlier. They overcorrected. Um, and that's what sent them into that Russell Westbrook tailspin. And uh instead of just sticking with what was what worked, and that was having that depth around LeBron and, and AD. So we'll see. Do they overcorrect again and chase the third star? I don't know. We'll see. There's only a few moments where I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing and what my reaction was to when I heard a sports-related story. Unfortunately, the Russell Westbrook trade is one of those, and I was not a happy camper. Um, please do not do that again. Like You have the roster. Don't need to overcorrect. Did you run that 2020 team back? The 21 team, rather. Gosh. Oh, they were good. They were good. 
Ron and I were pre-recording Buddy Heald to the Lakers, a video breaking down yeah. that move because it seemed like that was happening. And then suddenly it was Russell Westbrook. Anyway, oh, bad memories. Justin said, last play to save the season and our best three-point shooter is throwing the ball in. No AD screen. Good job, Darvin. AD, for the love of God, employ a shooting coach. I thought for sure that I, well, not for sure, but I thought Austin was a threat to get the ball back after he, when I saw that Austin was inbounding the ball, I thought, oh man, he's going to step on the floor and get the ball back and shoot the three. I thought that what might have been what was coming, but that's not the route they went. I like the play. And again, this guy is, again, ironic that, you know, people want the Lakers to shoot the three. Um, because I, I think that's what the super chest trying to apply. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But this that's a really good set, actually, that the coaches have drew out of the timeout. Um, and if I recall, I'd have to go back and look. I think AD did set the screen. It wasn't for a three, obviously. But the infamous LeBron gets slapped on the wrist, on the forearm rather than even the wrist mm -hmm. by J Jason Tatum play in Boston. Same set, if not the uh, at least similar, if not the exact same set they ran last night. Just two like diving X action almost pin down for LeBron or gut action for LeBron. You get LeBron some space, and that's what he did. Now, if you want to talk like on court adjustments of that, I could you could make an argument like, hey, put Austin in the corner where LeBron's driving because if you help off, that's a driving kick to Austin. Mm -hmm. Austin hits the three for the win. Um, but in terms of, like the play design, it's a good play. I've stolen it actually. I've used it in game. It works so. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe some tweaks in terms of on court personnel, but I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, last one prominent surge, nothing but respect to the Denver Nuggets for their, their offense was reminiscent of the 2011 Mavs. It really was. Jokic was hitting Dirk like shots and playmaking Lakers nation should be excited for what we do moving forward. Yeah. It just, it felt like every Nuggets player was on a heater. Just everybody shot great. Like their shot making was just ridiculous. The the entire series, you couldn't get a bad shooting night out of them. I it, it was insane. So yeah, uh, they were tremendous. Hats off to them. But I I agree with the the final sentiment there. Lakers Nation should be excited for what we do moving forward. There is so much more optimism around this team than there was before February 9th. So much changed, and I'm excited to see what they do this summer. And I, I think we should be optimistic moving forward here. Yeah. I, I can't wait to uh, whether it's the draft, free agency, roster building, which the conversation we had before the show was a ton of fun. And to do that with you guys, either in Vegas at Summer League mm -hmm. or on the, the live shows, it's going to be a ton of fun. So I I know me personally, I can't wait for the offseason. Well, I guess we're in it now, technically. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're in the offseason. We're definitely in it. We're not in the thick of it yet. It's just the beginning of the offseason. But nonetheless, we are in the offseason. It's going to be an eventful one. So make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We'll keep you up to date with everything going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll break down all the rumors, all the news, all the cap-related stuff you need to know. Sean's going to get into a lot of draft stuff in terms of who the Lakers could take if they do wind up keeping that 17th pick as well as the 47th pick. Maybe some trade opportunities as well. So much stuff. It is always a busy, busy summer for Lakers Nation. So again, make sure you are subscribing. Turn on those notifications. And don't forget to give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe.